You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your third now i think until proven otherwise when we get back onto a more like seasons one and two and less like season three recording schedule podcast about your philadelphia union um nah, still second favorite still second still second favorite all right well we're biased aren't we i guess we'll have to see how it goes um uh, hiya uh mathematically proven most of the time your host obviously you know that whole thing evan malala here hi good to see you nice to be back on the recording airwaves if that's what they're called they're not called that anymore uh the other voice you heard justin ashcraft's here what's up evan what's up hey you know uh another day there's snow outside now in philadelphia which is getting me excited for major league soccer there's snow in lebanon too so it's all there you go there you go also here apparently now has to give us the weather outside (laughs) the the chuck booth uh, homestead Chuck Booth. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize we were European and just opening everything with talking about the weather. So yes, um, yeah. Luckily, not nearly as much snow in Baltimore, at least. Mm. Yeah, I have to say we, you know, we have to jump right into our visual on, on an audio gag. But um, Chuck, that's a nice. That's a very nice hat. We do. I, we do like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I have barely taken it off since it came in the mail. Uh, you did for good reason. You did post it on Twitter, so I feel like it's not as much of a visual on an audio because you have put it out in the world. But yeah, yeah, people can scroll and find it after more U.S. men's national team tweets tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or do it now. Well, they wouldn't be able to do it now. That'd be ridiculous. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of things being ridiculous. Before we get into the 2022 season preview, I think we owe ourselves and everyone listening a favor. Let's talk about last year, shall we? Um, Philadelphia Union, uh, for those of us that don't know or forgot, uh, finished second in the Eastern Conference, sixth overall in MLS, made it to the conference finals of the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, The U.S. Open Cup did not, in fact, happen. We're semifinalists in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um... All in all, a pretty successful season. In spite of some wonky kind of things. Go ahead, Chuck. Uh, um, no, I mean i i don't have any, I don't have anything to disagree about. It was a great season. Um, it unfortunately had to end with COVID, not COVID. Protocol yeah. issues, um, so quite the sour taste in everyone's mouths. But I mean, overall, if you told me before the season that the Union would get through to the knockout stages of Concacaf Champions League and advance to the Eastern Conference Final, I would have been happy with that. Yeah, with I think the. Uh... Was it the Golden Boot winner and maybe the Golden Glove winner in the CONCACAF Champions League? 
Golden Boot winner, at least. That's a that, yeah. That's a good question. If um, Dre won Golden Glove, I don't I don't know. Um, we should know that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel very similar. I mean, I think it was a I think it was a successful season. I mean, I think the season obviously started out rough, and I think we were all questioning things at the beginning of the season. But I think things sort of came around at, towards the end of the season. I think we got, you know, we got what we needed. And I think what, you know, made the season, I guess, I mean, early on, I mean, I think we, we questioned that center back pairing a lot at the beginning of the season. I mm-hmm. think we had questions about what that was going to look like. We had questions about some depth stuff. And, you know, and I think other than the forward position, which we'll talk about later, um, I mean, I think the I think the team is set up to be good for several years, you know, and, and I think that's the sign of any successful franchise is you know that that center back pairing of of Glesnes and Elliott came together, um, and towards the end of the season they were looking rock solid, and I think mm-hmm. um, you know the midfielder. I, it, the kids are just fantastic. You know, I, I hate to keep referring to them as the kids. Cause like some of them have some minutes in MLS now, but, uh, I mean, it doesn't they, matter. Still kids. Still, still kids. kids yeah. You're right. But the kids are good. And so I think when you combine that with, you know, Martinez, Montero flock, you know, and then, and then the kids like we're, yeah. we're looking, we're going to be good for a couple seasons here. I think, um, right. yeah, go for it. No, go, go ahead. Quickly, really Shabilko did anything. win the Golden Boot in the Champions League with five goals. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, Ochoa won the um, Golden Gloves. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, do we have like a... Like, do, like, I don't want to go down all these results, obviously, but it started rough, and then they were unbeaten from May 8th to June 26th. And then was that when Chicago happened? Well, they didn't actually lose that. That um, was the... June 26th was the 3-3 against Chicago, and then the next match was July 5th away at Nashville, and they lost that one nothing. Yeah, which uh, at least... If you're gonna take a loss, that's a pretty, pretty good one to fair take. One to take. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, really, not a whole lot of losses in here um, in the regular season. Um. And then not a. I don't know. Twelve. Twelve ties seems a bit excessive. At home, they were eleven three and three win loss draw. But also the with the twelve with the twelve ties you have to take into account playing with stretch teams due to also yes. being in Concacaf Champions League and having players on international duty on and off throughout the entire season yeah. because MLS still tries to play when they shouldn't actually play games and it's really annoying. Yeah. Um, but they they truly did weather the storm and it allowed the kids multiple moments to get games. But, um, I mean, my biggest shout-out of last season has to go to the center-back pairing mm-hmm. of Jacob Glustis and Jack Elliott because, especially at the beginning of the season, like, with losing the steadiness of Mark McKenzie, that was the position that I was most concerned about. And you did see at least a little bit of shakiness when they were figuring out things between themselves. 
but like that partnership became absolutely rock solid. And then Jacob Glustis only scores winners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I really like about this team. I mean, I think we're set up for success. I mean, now Glesnick, like what, since the end of the season, Glesnick and Elliott are both on longer term contracts. So uh-huh. if a team is going to pull them away, they're going to have to pull them away with something bigger than just, hey, come play for us. Well, they're going to so, have to really pay for it, too. Right. It can't so just I think be, that, oh, we'll get them in six months. Right. So I think that that's a really good sign, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I think we saw a lot of players. Uh, like, I mean, the other one for me is, like, Leon Flock was a mm-hmm. completely unknown quantity at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Like, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, we have backup now and whatever yeah yeah <laughs> and then he pretty uh, quickly whoops. made himself oh, okay. like uh yeah that's that's the first or second name you put in midfield i don't know does it, it, i don't know if you guys have it open but if you don't do you care to guess how many starts in just major league soccer last year? how many how Leon many games Flock total uh four yep 34 i would guess 30 one correct yeah and he had three subs substitute appearances so he played him every match but yeah <laughs> justin to your point that was the guy they brought in that was like oh that's like a nice little like depth piece and he's only 20 and like they can kind of grow him a little bit and then he'll be a guy that's there for a while when like all leaves or, or whatever happens and then you get into like june and you're like okay he's no it's like gonna be this guy okay <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and and when May and June rolled around, there was talk of national team call-up, right. blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And yeah, it was one of those uh-huh. things that we were just like, we were like, oh, cool, that's a nice pickup. Yeah. But it turned into way more than that. Yeah, yeah I'm still salty that he didn't get a Gold Cup call-up mm. call because that was definitely deserved. But maybe next year. Maybe. Probably not. Well, you know. That midfield is only getting harder to crack. Fortunately. When your midfield Um, is now, when when the starting midfield of the U.S. is now all playing in Europe at major clubs, it's going to be hard to break in. But he's he's already shown that he has the talent to go to Europe once. For sure. Right. Um, And considering that the national team doesn't really have a true defensive-minded midfielder backup, like, who knows? Yeah. Could, could come for Kellen Acosta's spot on the roster. That's yeah. true. Um, elsewhere, you know, Dre dependable as ever, um, if not maybe more so, depending on what competition you're looking at. I thought, you know, Matt Freeze kind of showed himself as the number two. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a fair call out at this point. I mean, I. I don't really want Bendik in that. No, no. <laughs> anyone but Bendik. Yeah, but basically, he's here to stay. Um, for some reason, I still just, again, I just still truly want to know, like, what he does. Like, I get being a good locker room guy yeah. and why you want to keep those guys around, but considering how much leadership is already on 
every other portion of this team. Mm. I'd really just want to know like what he does or who he has dirt on. Like, why is he here? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing for me is the way the union are building um, and the success that our young players have had, and that includes Matt Freeze. I think the reality is anytime there's a U.S. camp of any age, it, there's almost a guarantee that somebody from the union will be in that camp. And I think the reality is even if Freeze is your number two at this point, Anytime there's an international break, Dre is going to be gone. So mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna have that. And then anytime there's a under twenty camp, there's a good chance that Freeze is also or under twenty three camp, whatever. There's a good chance that Freeze is also going to be gone. So yeah. I think you have to keep Bendik around just to even if Freeze is your number two, like you've got to have a number three. And like yeah, I guess you could go get somebody else. But you know, I mean, part of me is like Bendik. Benick is a good third because then you do have like MLS experience in that position. And when Dre is out, like you still have somebody there who can talk with freeze and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it is a weird, it is a weird sort of call out at this point in time that, that he's still here. But when you have the keepers, the level that the union do between Dre and freeze, like you, you almost any international camp, you're going to miss one of the two of them. Yep. So, it is what it is. Um, and then, if anyone has any call-outs for our midfield, um, I'll say that I thought Gostog showed well for himself towards the back end of the season. Gostog was just darn normal. We bought a 10. Took a while for him to integrate. Mm-hmm. He played a lot of minutes. Yep. Um before coming over and then got hurt. Yeah. So it's hard it's hard to really judge him for those early performances, even though there were definitely some major chemistry issues, both initially between him and Jamiro Montero, and then again between him and um poor one out for Casper Shabilko. Yep. But um it's all about year two of union attacking midfielders and I haven't seen anything that is tempering my expectations for mm. what we'll see moving forward there. I mean, God, so just looking at Gosdog's stats over the course of the year, so he only played in 23 games, only started 17 of the 23. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, he has four goals, which is tied with Burke for third yeah. on the team. And he has... It was that bad. He mm-hmm. has five five assists, which is also third on the team. So I think, like... Yeah, I mean, and the only two players he was behind for assists was Kai Wagner, who played in 33 of thirty of 34 games, yep. and Jamiro Montero, who played in 27 of, of 34 games. So, I mean, I think I think Gazdag was was sneakily very good for us at the end of the season, and I think moving, yeah, I mean, moving forward in year two, I'm excited to see what he brings and then how, you know, just like just like some of our other tens have developed some younger guys. I'm excited what he can do for guys like Quinn Sullivan and, mm. and Paxton Aronson and like just, just his experience, what he can bring, you know, hopefully he's mentoring some of those guys. Yeah. 
and then check before we get on to the yes, it is that bad, and here's the numbers. Uh, quick shout out for El Brujo, um, Jose Martinez, Jose, Jose Martinez, Jose, Jose, Jose. <laughs> what the fuck was that? So, are are you trying to tip another striker signing? No, please don't do that. I'm so okay with not getting jo- uh, Josie out the door. Um, Jose Martinez, different person entirely, um, who turned into the like disruptor kind of breakup midfielder, very gritty industrial guy that I think a lot of people, hopefully a lot of people have thought that the union have needed for a while. I mean, and I mean, he was that in 2020 as well, but this year, really this year, meaning last year, he really submitted himself as the guy. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the amount of attackers that he pocketed mm-hmm. last season and then just teams that he single-handedly pissed off yep. uh, reached a new level. Yep. And it's beautiful to see, especially since, for the most part, he did better, especially mm-hmm. towards the back end of the season when it came to not getting cards yep. and getting sent off. I didn't like that he had to start shuttling more. Like at times, I thought. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to see him do that. But unfortunately, we also know why he well, did that because he was playing behind an aging midfielder that Jim Curtin is unable to rotate, even though he has two very good young midfielders yeah. who both play his position. It's true. That's like my biggest wish for this coming season. Like, <laughs> not that we're getting into preview episode of this episode, but on this but episode, but like this is put this is it. my biggest wish of of next season is that is that Bedoya Your- sits a few games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care how many. Just yeah. I I hope there are a few games this season where we don't see him on the field. Well, he had oh yeah, yeah he had um, forty appearances. Total thirty in MLS, two appearances off the bench. So like, I'm not saying yes. it's it's decreasing numbers numbers going down, but maybe you know this year it's twenty five. <laughs> but twenty, but we'll talk about that. twenty would be a great number. Twenty would be a wonderful number. Hell, I'll take eleven. Um, but. Yeah, uh, anyway, and then we get to talk about something that's going to make us all feel so much better. The forwards. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. one second, one second yeah, okay. while yeah. you were saying that. Uh-huh. You were talking about Martinez being turned into a shuttler. Yep. Um, out of out of players that played more than 700 minutes last season, um, Martinez had the second best passer <sighs> passing percentage on the team. Wow. So... Montero, Montero was at eighty four point three, and Martinez was at eighty four. Do so no. you don't want him shuttling, but he's doing an okay job shuttling. Yeah, you take that with a grain of salt with how deep most of his passes are coming for, mm. and how terrible he is with distributing long balls, though. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, if if he's still hitting eighty four percent of his passes, that's better than. I mean that that has to be better than his shooting percentage. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. I mean, anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. That was very distracting. You, no, you 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 make no, you make a fair point. It's just unfortunate that we have to think about him shooting. 
He just shouldn't shoot, but he just does. Yeah. He just decides to take these 40-yard shots for no reason. He gets reason. excited. He sees, he sees Jakob do it all the time, and he's like, I got this. Except he doesn't. He's never proven himself to be able to do that. Right. Plus, but... he, had, he had two <laughs> shots on target. Yeah. All season. Two more probably like from 23 shots. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably had like 40 shots and <laughs> two of them on target. Anyway, he, I think... He's going to get one next year, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, yeah. Or it's going to turn into Ray Gattis, too, of like, yeah, can maybe. Martinez ever score a goal? Well, Paul needs something to latch on to. Except <laughs> for now, Cincinnati's really helping him, so who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Yes, the forward like death here. or lack thereof. Here yes. we go. Casper Shabilko... <laughs> Leads all forwards in goals with a total of 17, which is good for 12 in MLS uh, and six in the Champions League. No, five in the Champions League. League, Five in the Champions League. Behind him is Sergio Santos (laughs) with six goals, and those were all in MLS. And then behind him is Corey Burr with four, all in MLS. Because our forwards are really good. The good news is... <laughs> well... One of those uh, guys is gone. And there's two new ones. I mean... So, yeah. I was and still am Chief Casper Shibilko defender. Yep. And I will continue to do so, uh-huh. considering that his lack of effectiveness was mainly when moving to the Christmas tree formation with him as a lone forward, which he is not. Um, then you take into account the health and availability of Sergio Santos and Corey Burke, which didn't allow there to really ever be a forward beside him. Mm-hmm. And he had a pretty tough job last season. Yep. So getting 12 goals out, out of that, and especially when you look at how few goals the rest of the team scores because overall the team scored 45 goals at MLS play and he had 12 of them. That's pretty good. Um, And uh, while yes, that's not a top tier MLS striker. I, especially with him being gone, you've seen a lot of people basically just calling him average. And I don't, I don't think that you can do that, especially when, by the numbers, he's the best striker that the Philadelphia Union have ever had. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there were times this season for sure where I got on Shabilko for not scoring. But, I mean, and his work rate, because his work rate was terrible at points. Yeah, but, I mean, I think you're. You're right in the fact that I think the, yeah, I mean, the reality is, like, the Union, without Corey Burke, the Union do not finish in second place. I mean, without Casper Shabilko, the the Union do not finish in second place. Not even close. And so, I think, like... I don't want to know where this team finishes with... (laughs) Well, I mean, I did did the math really quickly. Um, The rest of the team, not forwards... Scored 29 goals. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the reality. Is like, we can get mad about it and be like, oh, man, I can't believe he's not, you know, whatever. But, like, 
he did put <laughs> 17 goals in the back of the net it's, for us it's, over the Christmas It's tricky season. because it's it's like, was he efficient enough for what this team needed? No. No. But was he more efficient than anyone else this team has ever had? Yes. So, like... <laughs> and, well, and also, was he ever signed to be efficient enough to be what this team needed uh, now? Probably, like, probably it, not. Um, because it's like, realistically, even in my goodbye tweet to Casper Shabilko, it was kind of a thank you for raising expectations mm. so high that you couldn't hit them anymore. Right. <laughs> because that, that truly is what he did during his time with the union. Yep. Um, he saw them through some pretty tough times and bridged the gap of making it pretty easy to not miss CJ Sapong until the end of last year even though he was still getting the job done in Nashville. And now everyone's finally going to get what they want in having a DP striker. For sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm torn on Shabilko and I'm torn on the reality that he's gone and it's fine. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it was a good move on, but when we can get into that later, but I think the re- I, I think that's just the reality for me. I think that most union fans need to realize, like as much frustration as there was, and I think you know it got to a point in the playoffs where I think everybody was mad at Shabilko. But I think the reality is he had played every game of the season to that point and shouldered a majority of the striker load this season because neither Corey Burke or Sergio Santos can stay healthy. So, I don't know. It's less on him than the front office, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and so, let's talk about it, shall we? Unless, here, does anyone else have anything about last year that they need to get off their chest? I mean, we've already said it several times, but I think, I mean, I think for me, the, the, I keep coming back to the, the kids are just good. Mm -hmm. And I think like every single one of them step, like stepped up to the plate at different points of the season, right? I think, you know, there were there were times where Pax came in and gave us good shifts off the bench, but also a couple times starting. I think Jack McGlynn did the same thing. I think Quinn Sullivan did the same thing, you know. And it's it's unfortunate because probably all three of them pushed Anthony Fontana out of this team. Well, even um, <laughs> at points early in the season, you you got things out of Matt, Matt Real, who's mm-hmm. coming back. Yep. Apparently, Um, and also, and and then finally, he's not officially at least a homegrown kid, but at only twenty one, Jesus Bueno really turned it on down the stretch, and it's going to be interesting to see how he pushes for minutes, um, and also where those minutes end up coming because. This midfield right now has what eight 
starting quality MLS midfielders in it. Some something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least guys who are serviceable. I'm not yeah. sure starting all the time. You know, whatever. But they're they're guys who are serviceable. Remember, there's a wide range in that. Yes. Um. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is starting in MLS is a is a decently wide net, depending on who you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Because I don't necessarily mean completely starting for the union. Oh, sure. Obviously, there's different standards here, but everyone in this midfield would start in Chicago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And, and they might. Um, <laughs> that's the new the new pipeline. Is Union first team to Chicago Fire first team for profit, and with that profit, thank you for my trans. It's transition. It's weird how every player who leaves the Union goes to one of two teams: Chicago or Cincinnati. Uh, okay, oh. three. Oh, sorry. Colorado, and they're all oh, C's. Yep. So yeah. Oh yeah, we just we got the C well, wait, train wait, going. Wait, 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 four, four teams. Well, you dump you you dump the homegrowns in Colorado. Yeah. You dump the homegrowns in Colorado. Middling players go to Chicago, and then you go to Cincinnati to retire. There and you go. dump the other homegrowns in Chicago or in, in uh, Colorado again. <laughs> Both yeah. Colorados. Both Colorados. Depends on how old and how successful the guys are, and then. <laughs> Since in, in and which it's and great. which former coach they want to play for? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you really Do like wanna... Chris Albright? No. Okay. Well. Here, go go play for Brendan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So. Oh, wait. Hold on. One more, one more thing, thing before we move yep. on. Big shout out to Olivier and Baizo's knees. Yeah, I love those knees. I love those knees. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he made it through almost 2,500 minutes of MLS no, play. Running that but hard. He did no. it. <laughs> Couldn't be there, me. There were so there, that's the thing. Like I think it's funny that we keep talking about that, but that's the thing. Like there were so many guys who stepped up when we needed them to in like yeah. huge ways last season. And I think like even when Mbizo couldn't go, guess what? Alvis Powell was pretty good. You know, and Not I bad. think like it's just like there were so many guys who just stepped up when when needed. And I think like a lot of that goes on the de- like goes on one the development of the Union Academy and everything that they've brought and and the Union too and and all of that. But I think mm-hmm. you know another portion of that goes on Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner for finding the right guys. And they might not be big splashy signings that were like oh yeah you know, but like they're you know Alvis Powell comes in, plays a few games, does really well, gets us a draw, a win here and there. Like yeah, and I think it's it's huge. And then there was Union streaming legend Il Senior. Mm-hmm. Never again, friends. Never again. Speaking of people who I'd love to see get less appearances. <laughs> it, it'd be hard for him to get less appearances, considering he logged 83 MLS minutes. Yeah, it's six appearances. But, um, yeah, zero would be great. Still yeah, less cool. appearances would be awesome. Yeah, started in the playoff game because he had to, unfortunately. Uh, and then Mateus Stavo. Yeah. Hardly knew him. Yep. I don't even know who you're talking about. Anyway, um, I do know who you're talking about. If you wanted to be talking about the first person that everyone was like, well, I hope that's not quite the guy they're talking about. Julian Carranza. Before we go any further, I'm going to interrupt the show right there. 
After that jumble of words from Evan, we're going to hear from Paul. Hello, Views from the Bridge listeners. Sorry I couldn't be with you today. Reflecting on seasons past is a bit tough for me. I do enjoy keeping my eyes forward. And one way I've found peace in that has been writing poetry. So I figured I would write some poems for some union news that has happened in recent weeks. And uh, feel free to rip them to shreds. There was a man named Kasper Shabilko, who was fairly good at striking as far as we know. He wanted guaranteed money, even though he doesn't like the runny, and found the first flight out of Delco. This team needs goals, the fans pleaded loudly, and spend some money while you're at it. So they brought in Carranza, which didn't cause a bonanza, because Moneyball is a Philly force of habit. More, 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 they screamed into the ether. We'd need not one, but two. So they found a Riasco, which caused a little fiasco, because he'll probably start out on you too. Why, oh why, they cried out online. Who will be our focal point to come and save the day? Then Ernst paid a fee for a man overseas, which made fans shout hip hip oorey. And finally an ode to a right back who is on to pastures in the form of a haiku bound for Ohio. Nice to know things haven't changed. Ray still has no goals. Have a great day. Um, that was jumbled. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> December 23rd, uh, 2021 at 11.16am or thereabout, the Union received Julian Carranza for uh, the 54th overall pick in the 2022 Super Draft because it's still happening, guys. We're still getting away with it. I'm not sure how. Um, I mean, so to me, this is yep. like, I can't say best piece of business ever, but this is like a great Man. piece of business, right? You need Pretty depth in the striker position. You're trying to find, you know, whatever. And, or, you know, they're like, hey, you want this guy on loan? And maybe if you like him at the end of the season, you can buy him. Yeah. And, all you have to give away is a pick that you weren't going to use anyway. Right. Uh, yes, please. Well, that, we'll take and, that deal. And initially Miami paid like $6 million for Carranza because they, it was, for those that and don't I know. I don't know why. I, I don't know. He, well, I mean, young Argentinian striker, I guess. And that just kind of sends everybody. Who's, nev- who's never scored goals. Well, yeah. You know, but whatever. Even, even the, the best things that you could find out in a scouting report on him are he has a high work rate yep. and is a menace on the press, right. which means he'll fit in very well with the Philadelphia Union and turning the ball over. But at the time of this signing, when it seemed like he may be the only striker yes. coming in, yep. it was quite concerning. Uh, almost as bad as those Inter-Miami kits last year. God damn it. 
team is so dumb. Um, <laughs> on on and off the field, just abysmal. This let's team have, is let's have that a, team is dumb. Let's have a really great color scheme and then do nothing with it. Thanks, guys. Let's um, go with the the uh, Adidas jersey that you can buy at TJ Maxx. Oh and like I hope that year. it was just like a COVID thing where Adidas was like, "Here's our catalog, pick one." But like, man. Ugh. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, uh, played for Banfield in Argentina. Miami signed him. They weren't a team yet, so they had to loan him back for a couple months. He came in and then has been fine. Forty-one appearances, only eleven starts over two seasons, three goals, no assists. He is only five foot nine, I believe, listed, which is cool. Um, I don't care. Nope, sorry, six foot. Just kidding. Six foot, 165. Um, yeah, like Chuck said, a menace on the press, really high work rate. But other than that, not a proven much of anything. But I won't hold that against him only because the inner Miami teams that he was on were not very good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is like, I don't know. I don't know what Banfield's like either. So, like, right. well, who knows, yeah. you know, what kind of service and all that kind of stuff you're getting. I mean, I do think, but I, that's what I, I do like about this move though, is it is like a low, it's a very low risk, could be high reward situation. You know, it's, it's not a like, and even if you get a middling reward for it, or he only is around this season, scores, you know, two or three goals, whatever. It's not like he's any worse than what Corey Burke and Sergio Santos have been doing. Exactly. No. And, and that is a big thing is like, he's at least been available. Um, and he, uh, and like Sergio Santos does offer a high work rate, but when Sergio Santos can't play more than 60 minutes, you need someone else who can do that. And now you have that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's good. He wasn't the only one. Let's just say yep. that. Yep. 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 Very good. Yep. And we'll talk about the other one because <laughs> there was. I was waiting for you to make that transition, or I was yeah, going to make it yeah, for we, you. I was going to say we led you in so many times. Yep. yep. So you got to you got to keep them guessing. You know, like if I just let you guys be like throw, and then I immediately come down with it, then people are going to know. People so already so know. so. Mm, <laughs> that's fair. Um, okay. All right. It's fine. There was a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of rumors and a lot of chatting, especially given that we are in January and it was the international window. That you know there there could have been maybe there's this Polish guy showing up in MLS forward Union want him, but no. Oh, hey, Dutch guy, or sorry, not even Danish guy. Uh, I, and and uh, guys, I have to. I'm sorry, cool. I got distracted. Um, because I've been, I've been, you know, looking forward to doing this with you guys all day. And so I was doing a little bit of research, did some homework. You, you click around the unions, YouTube and Facebook and and Twitter and things. And they have all these videos about number seven that they just signed. And at no point in any of these videos, does anyone say his name? So luckily Big shout out to his former club, um, Sonderdisk, maybe. <laughs> In 2017, they had a video 
with oh my goodness you had to go that that far with back. michael it, it, uh or or wait what yeah it's it's that's like like the blind side oh kinda yeah i was thinking more bobby or like the boston bruins player but yeah or like like yeah yeah yeah. okay both of those are really bad and i can't wait to be wrong but but for whoever in the front office is in charge with listening to this a sorry again b y'all didn't post pronunciation thing so sucks man i'm sorry i apologize to michael for not getting his name right or mikel yeah, I am. I, yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, but I'm literally looking at the union's fast facts. There's nothing. They do not have a pronunciation. And, and listen, here's the thing: we yep. have been Are the only people who care. But but and we've also been criticized in our Twitter DMs for not we have not pronouncing people's names right. And I mean, when listen, you don't guys, tell us between, how to pronounce them between the three of us here and everyone listening at home, the guy that usually is really bad with names isn't here tonight. <laughs> You're right. So there's that. At least it's me, the guy that'll at least try to figure out how that's supposed to sound. Saying sure it that, for the first time. I'm pretty sure that guy still thinks it's Gadis. Maybe is that my Ray unretired? Maybe. <laughs> he felt so he's like oh, oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, so uh things that we know about uh Mikel uh or Mikhail or whatever, uh or um other than not how to pronounce his name. Uh, we do know that he is a uh, tall boy. Won the golden boot last year in Denmark. Uh, is pretty healthy most of the time. Had 11 goals and two assists and 16 appearances this year in the Super League or whatever the, the Denmark top flight is. I don't. It's a weird language, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's okay. Um, and then he's worth uh, about $3 million, which is a club record. Especially for a forward. Not that that was a hard number to hit, but yeah. So this is your guy. This is the designated player. This is the person that they're going to want to put in 25, maybe, this year. He might not have to because I guess Carranza theoretically would get 10 but between the two of those guys you want 30 something goals maybe not that many i think if the two of them scored 25 we have a pretty good season yeah i would like to hope that we can hit 25 20 yeah yeah um I'm excited and absolutely shitting my pants at the same time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because it's just it's one of those situations where selling a proven goal scorer is generally a bad idea unless you replace them with a proven goal scorer. And luckily, the union have replaced Casper with a proven goal scorer, mm-hmm. considering the amount of goals that he scored in Denmark with 19 last season and then 11 so far this season. But I don't have the slightest clue how the pace of the game and play in Denmark translates to MLS. It's good that he also has some experience in Europe 
but he could come here and absolutely eat MLS alive. He could fall flat on his face. Usually there's more of a chance of the former when you actually spend money on your forwards, which is why the union felt that it was good to shell out 3 million here. But there's always just that slight bit of concern until they get on the field and score their first MLS goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was... Go ahead. Em. That was the one thing that I saw a lot of on Twitter was that people were like, okay, well, what's the Danish league or the, uh, yeah, what's the Danish league like? And everyone was like, oh, so it'll be <laughs> not in the same way that it happens in Jamaica, but like it, it was a lot of like, well, it's, you know, it's fine, but like he scores in the Champions League too. So, you know, that's something. Um, if Brentford, if Brentford in the Premier League is a good comp, then um, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it will be really interesting to see how he acclimates himself to the league or doesn't or what have you. Um, and in a weird way, it's almost nice that Julian Carranza is another guy that came in because he has experience, at least in MLS, not the Corey and Sergio don't, but to have another guy in your position, that's also with a new team kind of trying to take a chip off his shoulder. Um, even though they came kind of through vastly different, ways in a lot of ways um it's probably helpful for sure i was just doing some quick you know research because i do yeah. my homework on the show and not before the show yeah, um, yeah. well it's nice because you're on the other side of the class when the teacher goes to collect homework so you have time to yeah, to yeah do for it sure. real quick yeah. for sure so <laughs> just some quick some quick numbers for you yeah lay it on me uh so casper shabilko in 80 80 games uh, in the MLS regular season, uh, not counting the ML- MLS's back tournament or the playoffs. Uh, 80 games uh, has scored 34 goals for the Union, which leads to about uh, a goal every 194 minutes. Uh, Corey Burke has 60 appearances with 18 goals which leads to a goal about every 165 minutes. Mm. Um, Sergio Santos has 18 goals and 62 appearances, which leads to a goal about every 172 minutes. Mikhail, in his uh, in the Danish league, has 11 goals and 16 appearances, yep. which is a goal every 109 minutes. Nice. So, I, you know, yeah. I mean, there's all these questions about, um, you know... Uh, pace of play, all that kind of stuff. What I liked, just looking at the highlights, I mean, he's he seems to be a... I mean, he seems to be a big, strong dude, but he's got some athleticism to him, you know? And I think that's what maybe Casper was missing more than anything. Like, yes, he's a big, strong dude. Yes, he can beat players to the ball in the air and all that kind of stuff, but there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of highlights of him diving headers and sliding into balls and getting on the end of things that I'm not sure I've ever seen Casper get on the end of. So, I mean, I think there's a lot for me there of like, yeah, there's going to be some things. There's going to be the travel. There's going to be the, you know, the difference of play and, and whatever else. But I think like I'm ex- I'm excited because I think he's probably what, 
the union are looking for. And yeah, it might not might not be, but um, and there's still the chance that he could struggle. But I think he does look like a. I mean, he does look like he attacks the goal and not waiting for balls to come to him to to get I mean, on the end of this. I mean, the speedy interchanges that should happen between him and Daniel Gazdag, especially since the union got this deal done in plenty of time for an abbreviated preseason before MLS season starts in under one month now. Um, those, those two should play really well together. And you can see, at least with the targets that he's bringing in at the upper end of things, um, the exact vision that Ernest Tanner has for the team that Jim Curtin will be putting on the field. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's the way that it seems like the Union want to play, you know? And, like, I'm not sure... Yeah, like you said, as much as I, you know, as much as I liked Casper, as much as I thought he did what he could, um, I'm, I'm not sure he was built for this team, and I'm not sure they ever got him the right pairing. And I think if, if you know, if Carranza can turn into something, and who knows, you know, was it being in Miami? Was it that he just doesn't score all that much. I don't know. You know, who knows? Um, but if he can turn into something and then if, uh, you know, if they, uh, if the union pull off this deal for 17 year old Jose Riasco, who knows? Yeah. yeah but does, I mean, if you can't go ahead, does Riasco play for the first team this year? Doesn't matter. Not really. No, but, um, there's no salary cap in MLS next, next, yes. whatever the heck that Which league is. Also, um, uh, this is largely unrelated, but still related because you said MLS next. There's a Bud Light next or some shit that they just dropped to that was on a billboard outside of the link the other day, and I'm like, that's hilarious. So now I have a I have an alternate universe in my head where all the MLS next teams are just sponsored by Budweiser. <laughs> Except, I mean that would be it would be hilarious because none of none of the players on those that, teams can drink. Three on each team. Except for also um except for Miami because they won't have a shirt sponsor because why would right, they right, have a shirt right, sponsor? Right, just because fuck, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll you'll actually just have Jamie Vardy going to all the games crushing it. <laughs> True. Kicking corner flags and throwing back bud next. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! This it's is, not home. He just got caught up, and it's fine. This is his version of uh, Sunday League, you know. Just yeah, oh, I'm just yeah. gonna go. Yeah, drink it, drink a beer, and play soccer with some. Maybe he old. thinks it is Sunday League. That's why he bought the team. He's like, "What? Oh, it's oh, okay. I guess, yeah, sure." And then now they're here. Oh, it's something competitive. Wait, I didn't. Want oh, that. damn it! Really? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he wanted to join Casa, but got caught instead in this weird MLS Next thing. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. Anyway, anyone else have any comments before we put this into the public <laughs> atmosphere? And then at the FTB pod, tell me how wrong I am at pronouncing Michael Orr's last name or first name or both. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. the reality is last season was very good. Yes. And we can complain about it. We can get mad about how it ended. All that kind of stuff. But it might have been. Might have been the best season in Union history. And I think 
was I mean results wise it was it was you know yeah we didn't finish first but didn't win the supporter shield but we did get to the semifinals of two different tournaments so uh-huh. yeah I mean I'll I'll still take the supporter shield but considering the points total and whatnot because of COVID if I get why you're tagging this past season as the best full season that the Union have played. Um, also, I mean, like, there was really no home field advantage for the majority of the season with not being able to pack Subaru Park. Mm-hmm. So now, even with the fact that they did very well last year and were able to use a playoff run to parlay into season ticket sales, you should sell out pretty close to every weekend mm. game in that park. Um, and that's something that's pretty excited to look for forward to because this team hasn't had consistently good home support in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's something that will really just help drive these players. And then with the season actually needing to be done at a reasonable time frame because of the World Cup, we could have just the most coherent MLS season ever while the Union already have one of the more consistent lineups in MLS to do some serious damage on the league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, too, like, I guess, too, what puts it in the most successful season like category for me or like what gets it up there too is just thinking about off the field stuff as well as the on the field stuff. like I think I think you kind of have to look at both and like um I mean you have now you you know one year post now you have all this talk around Brendan Aronson going somewhere else for <laughs> mega money and oh yeah the union get a piece of that um you have you know Mark McKenzie playing well and and showing up for the U.S. and at times um, you have, you know, you have your assistant coach and front office going to another team and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. You have what Brendan is doing out in Colorado. Um, you know, I I think it's just you see all this success. You know, and, and I think some of the players you even let go, like uh, Austin Trusty, seems to now be on the right track maybe yep. or something, you know, with the Arsenal. <laughs> so I think it's like, you just, you see what the union are doing. And I think yeah. just, if we can continue that stuff, <laughs> our on the field results will follow. And I think that's what I really like about where the union are. Well said. Yeah. Uh, at the FTB pod, if you need anything or again, you know, I feel free to tell us how wrong we are. Um, it's fine. We tell it to each other all the time, so it works out. <laughs> um, and besides, we can't be as wrong as the person at USL Championship that decided to hit post on that tweet that said, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. What? Yep. We cannot. You're right. Correct. Yep. <laughs> it's a part of a teaser video that for a team that's coming into USL Championship in 2024, someone said, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. And they decided to post that. So I'll never be as wrong as thinking that Iowa's a heaven. Because I like corn, but not 
not that much. Anyway, <laughs> till next time, this has been Views from the Corn. We'll talk to you next week <laughs> with our season preview, and maybe Paul will be here to butcher someone else's last name. Who knows? Bye, everybody. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your Uber team at roughneckscarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer, writing, content, and other podcasts For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.